Hello, this is Mark Richter with another episode of Linux for the Layman. Want to feel safe, secure, and capable when using your computer? This is for you if you want to succeed and know you can handle your computer tasks with ease. Greetings and welcome back to another episode of Linux for the Layman, The Joy of Computing. This is episode six. Today I want to talk about what I love about computers. And I'm hoping that something in this podcast reaches you and makes you curious or allows you to find your time on the computer more enjoyable. How many of you are really curious about this? I can't see your hands or hear your response. So I'll assume there's at least one person who wants to know. My love affair with computers began somewhere between 6th and 12th grade. I was encouraged to read a book, I think it was by Marvin Gardner. It was a book of logic puzzles where each story was the layout of a puzzle that could be solved using logic. And I really enjoyed this. I was also introduced to the Woofenproof game, which I don't know if it still exists, but that was also based on logic puzzles. And somewhere in there, one of my parents bought me a set to build my own computer. Now, it wasn't a really sophisticated piece of electronic hardware, it was just a bunch of plastic slides called flip-flops that I could put tubes on and get a certain pattern of things to occur. And I found it mechanically interesting. I have a mechanical bent, if you will. And I was quite fascinated by it. But I never really touched a computer until my freshman year in college when I needed another elective for the spring term. So I looked around and so I intro to computer programming. Yeah, that looks good. It was using a language called Fortran, which is one of the oldest high-level computer languages there is. And we had to type in our programs on punch cards and take the punch card deck, hopefully never dropping it because if they ever got out of order that was a problem, to the computer room, had the operator put in the punch cards when they had a moment to do so because they had to do them in the right order and there would be a production output on the printer and I could collect my punch cards and the printout associated with it later. Now that's probably not something that you're going to see a lot these days. It's not the oldest technology but it was enough that I found it enjoyable. I had a lot of fun with it. And getting the programs right was sometimes a bit tricky. It wasn't quite as simple as you might think. One of the things I learned through this process that really attracts me to computers is that the computer is, in the words of Edsker Dijkstra, one of the foremost luminaries in the field of programming. A computer is a perfect idiot. It does exactly what you tell it to, nothing more and nothing less. You may be sitting there wondering, wait a minute, I typed in things and it didn't do what I wanted it to. What you want a computer to do and what you tell a computer to do 
have to match exactly if you want to get the output results you want. This is a logic puzzle in the highest level of thought, and I truly enjoy logic puzzles. I've been reasonably good with math since I was three years old, and that plus logic turned into an intense desire to learn more about programming computers. I switched majors from theater to electrical engineering in my first quarter of sophomore year at college. And there's another story behind that that I'm not going to go into here because it's not that important. But I did take another computer programming class and offhand I don't remember what it was. After my first quarter, I took a hiatus to be in the Navy for a while. When I, While I was in the Navy, I discovered that there was no way I wanted to do that for the rest of my life. I wanted to be a professional programmer. So when I got out, I was in San Diego. I applied to the University of California, San Diego, and I got in to a programming class for programming in Pascal, specifically in UCSD Pascal, that was invented by a gent named Ken Bowles, who happened to be the professor of my Intro to Computer Programming class. I attacked the class with all the vim and vigor I had, and after spending about a whole week on getting the syntax of the language down, I completed the class by the end of the fifth week and was tutoring other students in the class for how they could get through it as well. And that was it. I knew I wanted to go into computers. I got my degree in computer science. And along the way, the first job I went to, they were building a brand new operating system, not for public consumption, but for business purposes, that was based on UCSD Pascal. So I had a leg up and a foot in the door, and I ran with it. What I love about computers is that, for me, they're easy to use. They let me do things that, quite frankly, are time-consuming in any other medium. For example, I used to write books on a typewriter. If you've ever written anything on a typewriter, you know what a pain that is. You can get used to it, you can get really good at it, but as the typewriters progressed, they went from manual to electric to self-correcting, not self-correcting, but correctable, to computers, word processors, where you can correct anything. You can have automatic spell checking. Sometimes that can be a problem, but usually it'll fix minor typos you make. It will structure the page so that when you write a letter, it has a visual structure you can look at and approve of. And when you print it, the printout looks similar to what you have on your computer. You can do spreadsheets on computers. If you've ever had to do any kind of inventory, or even if you just want to do your own budget or keep track of something, I use a spreadsheet to keep track of what I eat and drink and how much. It's much easier to do on a computer. I use computers to organize my files. I have a fairly generalized file system organization. Most of my documents are in my documents folder although I have a lot of subfolders for certain specific categories of documents. Now you can do that physically with paper in manila folders in a file cabinet, 
Well, my file system has greater than 30 gigabytes of data in it, and that's enough to fill up several walls of file cabinets if it were in physical form. Bits don't take up space. They can be recycled. If I want to move the file or a bunch of files into a single organized space, I don't have to go around collecting files from all over the place physically. I can do it in the computer. I can create backups of my files with the computer on a separate disk drive or these days in the cloud and they're easy to manipulate. They're easy to maneuver. There is a learning curve. You have to learn how to do this stuff. And for me, having been a programmer for so long, learning new material on a computer or a new interface is not terribly difficult. Moving from the command line to the graphics interface was a huge step. Many of you probably started off with the graphical user interface, by which I mean graphics in Windows on a machine. Not Windows, the operating system, but Windows that appear on your screen. That concept actually came from Xerox Corporation before Apple made it popular, before Microsoft made it incredibly popular and cheap and so forth. Another thing I like about computers, especially in, in today's day of Linux, is that you can run a computer with your own software and you don't have to pay a penny for the software you use from other people. For example, Linux distributions are free. All of the commands that come with them are free. All of the graphics interfaces for your desktop are free. The only thing you have to pay for is your computer itself. And guess what? When you buy those parts, they are yours. You own them. If you put Linux on them, you own the software too. Technically, yes, you have to get a license or use the license that comes with it. But the license that Linux software and free open source software is written under is very permissive. You can have as many copies of them as you want. You can give them to your friends. You can even charge your friends a little bit for the distribution medium. For example, if you burn a CD, or these days a DVD, that contains a distribution of Linux on it, you can ask them to remunerate you the cost of the DVD and the cost of your time to create it. You can't charge them money for the OS itself or the software if it's free open source software, but you can charge for the distribution. You can charge for the support. That's how Red Hat software makes all of its money. They distribute Red Hat Enterprise Linux and the Enterprise Linux itself is free. If you don't want to pay for Red Hat support, you can get the CentOS for Community Enterprise Operating System, CentOS distribution of Linux, and that is 100% free. You just have to pay for the distribution materials, i.e. the DVD or the flash drive that you put it on. But then you own that flash drive, you own that DVD, you own the software. It's yours. If you don't like it, you can find another one you do like. And there's lots of free open source software available for Linux. There is nearly one piece of free open source software that is a corollary to almost every piece of Windows 
paid software. Now there are some exceptions. Uh, the Adobe software is pretty good software and it's not free and it's not available on Linux but there are corollaries that you can use that are good enough. There are certain other Windows applications that you have to pay money for that you can't run on Linux. One classic example is Microsoft Office. There's LibreOffice which is free open source office software that comes with a very sophisticated and generalized application package of software but it's not the same as Microsoft Office. It's very close and you can use the two to work together but they aren't the same. This is what I love about computers. I can watch movies on my computer with a free movie player that will play any kind of movie. It will play DVDs, it will play MP4 files, it will play MKV files. That's called VLC. It's for Video LAN Computing and it's a player that will play any audio or video file. It's free. You can run it on your computer. You can use your computer for almost everything and the only disadvantage is you can get stuck on your computer for days. But where else would you go for Facebook? Or to email your friends? I love computers. I hope you've gotten something out of this. If you like it, give it to your friends. If you want to know more, come back for more episodes and I'll go into more details about how to love computers even more. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed this and I look forward to your response if you'd like or questions if you'd like. Just contact me at linuxforthelayman at gmail.com and I hope you'll come back for another episode of Linux for the Layman. Bye for now.